This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, Community Radio for Dublin 15. Hey everybody, you're listening to The Power, Andy Knowles, formerly of the Pro Wrestling Rewind on ESPN Radio, and you are listening to the WrestleView International Desk, right here on Phoenix 92.5. Alright guys, it's Tuesday here on Phoenix 92.5 event, the rest of you internationalists. My name is Daryl O'Connor and this is episode 324. On the line, I am joined not by Ren O'Rourke and I'm joined on the line by Mr. Mike Friel and Mr. Tony Cotton. How are things, lads? I've hungered, I've missed our Katie Vick scale and uh, I've had a few people hit me up and uh, ask me, man, is that ever going to come back? And you know what? It's going to have to make a return at some day, boys. Yeah, I, I think it has to come back. It's uh, it, it's too good. It's too good to leave on the table. And I think you know, considering the week that's coming up, uh, I think we might have to break it out again. Oh God, yes, yes. Uh, it could be the, the Saudi Arabian Katie Vick scale of uh, sorry Katie Vick on foreign assignment. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or as we're going to refer to Crown Jewel, sweet Saudi money too, electric bugaloo. <laughs> <laughs> John Oliver strikes back. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so look, let, let's let's kind of uh, let let let's put a, a pin in that or multiple stab wounds and you know <laughs> let just let it stab wounds in that and move on to uh, what happened last night. Um, evolution. So uh, we will be breaking down Crown Jewel, guys. So calm down. But until then, we had this first time only. Uh, women's only pay-per-view so it was evolution uh, and it I struggle with this because on the one hand guys I'm like this is great uh, it's kind of cool to see that the women actually have a, a have a, a main event showcase and that but on the other hand it's a week out from a show that women aren't allowed to go to aren't allowed to perform in that you know, not even allowed to appear in the arena so let's go on this. Uh, what? How did you feel uh, the night went? What are your overall thoughts on this, Tony? Right. Well, like like you say, it, it's kind of a swings and roundabout situation. I mean, ignoring the circumstances that it's happening, it's an important moment to have an all women pay per view. But you do kind of get the feeling it's like, well, you're not allowed to go to this thing where everyone's going to earn a shit ton of money. Sorry, a, a lot of money. Um, so you can have this one instead that we're not really going to promote, we're not really going to do a lot about, we're going to throw a battle royal in there because every good pay-per-view needs a 20-woman battle royal. You know, um, and, and to me, maybe it was just me being nitpicky, but the whole thing didn't look like they were really prepared to throw the whole weight behind it because it, it looked like a very much kind of house show B-level kind of set. The ringside barricades weren't the normal stuff that you get a pay-per-view. There was no LED ring skirts. There was no LED ring post. There wasn't even a big screen on a stage. It, it just kind of felt so together for for the most part what did you think uh, mike yeah i mean i'll agree with that as far as the aesthetical look of it i yeah i didn't know if they were going for something that was a little, a little more basic you know and i think they wanted to showcase the women but tony's right it, it didn't have that big feel it didn't have that big pay-per-view event feel to it and i think even more than a royal rumble or a wrestlemania this is bigger than that because this is the first ever all women's pay-per-view so you think they would go all out you think there would be bells and whistles and there would be everything 
And Tony's right. I feel like it it kind of fell short when it came to just the look of it. Now, I'm going to have to get your take on this, you guys. There was no mats around the ring either. Was was that something that you guys picked up on as well? There was nothing to really cushion your fall when you were on the outside. It was just this black, looked like um, plastic almost look to it. Was that supposed to be cushioned and foamy in some way? Was that supposed to replace what the mats were on the outside? I think it was kind of like the old ECW setup, you know, where they had no mats, or if they did, they were very, very light mats. But again, like overall, how much of this show and its resources were taken away to, you know, to go over to Saudi Arabia, you know, or to obviously have four rods and, you know, it seemed, it seemed like everything in uh, Uniondale, New York, and the Nassau Coliseum, it was like their cast-offs mm. uh, from a from yeah. point of view. I, I would agree with you on that. And it's, and it's a shame. Everyone involved in that pay-per-view from top to bottom deserved to have the full weight of the WWE hype machine thrown behind them. Because whether it's... Uh, we can get into semantics here and say, oh, it's the first all-women's pay-per-view. I mean, there's promotions in Japan that have done all-women pay-per-views. TNA have done it. Um, the promotions in Europe have done it. But for the vast majority of the mainstream wrestling fan, this will be their first exposure to an all-women's pay-per-view. And the WWE should have thrown the weight of what they did for the first um, Greatest Royal Rumble pay-per-view behind it. That they, they threw for the you know the, the first ever of the network experiences live. They, they should have thrown the entire weight of the machine behind it to yeah. give these women the, the spotlight that they've so richly not just earned, but deserve at this stage. But Tony, on that point, you know, it's it seems like throughout the course of the build-up to this, there was a little bit of build-up, but there wasn't anything... Anything as compared to Crown Jewel, it seems like even before the controversy happened, which we'll get into, it seems like obviously all the build was towards the World Cup, the build towards the mm-hmm. Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, Braun Strowman match. You know, it was, it was like, well, this is the, this is actually the show we're also doing Evolution. It's like, and also rather than, no, this is just as important as, if not as important as uh, anything else we're doing. Cause, like, let's put it this way, guys. Let's call a spade a spade. Both of these shows, both Crown Jewel and Evolution, were kind of house shows. Yeah, the glorified oh, yeah, house shows, absolutely. in essence. Absolutely. You know, and th- there's nothing wrong with that. I think it's a good, uh, I think it's a good idea to kind of have these. You know, Beast from the East was also kind of a house show. But yep. it, it Presentation is king, and presentation means a lot. Uh, yeah, they had uh, Lizzie Hale. Uh, for, oh yes, which was great. You know. <laughs> Uh, that that was that was really cool to see her on, but uh, I, and if I could just point out, Nita Strauss was better in the ring than Alicia Fox was. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, like the matches itself and uh, the overall presentation of everything, it w- it was what it was. You know, I I I enjoyed the show. I really liked the women's battle royale. Well, sorry, that, that's really hard not to say that. It's like saying TNA yeah. in fact. <laughs> the the battle royale. Um, was super fun. Uh, it was great to see, you know, the, some of the returning people that were there. Uh, what did you guys think of, of the the battle royale to earn a women's uh, championship match? Well, the the battle royale, the, the battle royal, battle royale, whatever you want to, to pronounce it as. <laughs> um, it's good to see that Kelly Kelly can still point to things as well as anyone in the business today. It's that, uh. that's her niche. <laughs> She's carved it out. Well, see, um, I, you know, I shared something in our private group, which I will, I will, yes. I will reference. But <laughs> you see, a couple of years ago, uh, Kelly Kelly was known for something else that involved a sink and a picture that is still out there, guys. Google it. It's it's something else. <laughs> 
But yeah, I, I like the, I like the battle royal. I think everyone got their, their moment to shine. Everyone got the iconics were obviously the sacrificial lambs that came out. They got, they got the promo time. I love the iconics on the microphone. I, I think they're vastly underutilized on SmackDown. Mm. They got the moment to shine on the microphone. They were the sacrificial lambs for the, all the the returnees to get their um, stuff in and, and eliminate them first, and then be turned on by the the quote unquote new generation. Um, Ivory looked like she could just walk back right into the today and, and slot in without a problem. Yeah. What, what did you think, Mike? I mean, I like the Battle Royal. Uh, I like I like it matches that. It might seem a little more gimmicky, you know, but I like stuff like that because it's an anything goes type of thing. And they're also kind of fun because it kind of allows you to kind of get lost in that match where you don't necessarily have somebody that you're necessarily rooting for. You're just looking for a fun match. And I think those are exactly what those are. They're a fun match. It's it's very nostalgic. You can see people that you haven't seen before, much like what we see with the Royal Rumble. A lot of guys come back that we haven't seen in 10, 12 years. A lot of fun. I think it's good for the crowd. I think, like I said, it's good for the nostalgia aspect of it. A lot of fun. I had no problem whatsoever. Mm. Yeah, I, I think so. As, as far as like a, an open show, an open for a show, it's the best we could have asked for, really. Uh, I, you know, I absolutely no problem with it at all, except for the winner. Um, Nia Jax. You know, mm, I, I, well, the, there was there was there was two kind of sort of strange things to me, and that that stupid spot where they all line up across the ring diagonally and they do like a, a multi woman suplex. I, I, I absolutely hate that spot. At the risk of sounding like Jim Cornette, it's like, yep, this is all choreographed. This this is all stupid stuff that you you wouldn't see in a normal fight. I mean, I know we suspend our disbelief for wrestling, but I mean, come on, they're all lining up like that and all happening to. Uh, coordinate their movements at the same time so that they get the, the one big move. I, I'm not buying that at all. Yeah. And like you said, Nia Jax winning, but it, it did give us the the Nia Jax versus Tamina showdown that the entire world has been waiting for all oh these my, years. Oh he says, God. barely containing his excitement. Can't wait. I'm going to set my clock for that. What did you think, Mike? <laughs> no, I'm 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 with Tony on that one. I I feel the same way. I think that in a lot of ways they are trying to. I don't know. I don't want to say they're trying to force things, but I feel like in a lot of ways, the women in the WWE are more. Hmm. What's the right word to use here? They're not only just more talented from a physical standpoint, but I think they, they have more of a personality as opposed to what we had seen in the past, where you saw a lot of broad and panties matches and you saw a lot of real gimmicky kind of demoralizing stuff these women are really really good and and there's a lot of feuds that i'm looking forward to seeing right now so i'm i agree 100 percent with tony on that one yeah like it's i've seen a lot of uh, women's battle royale matches and this was this is one of the best so look it, i'm not a fan of nia Jax. i would have rather you know and it, it's wrong for me to say but i, I would have rather seen oscar win but phew, it is what it is she's just my favorite i, I, I thought ember moon should have gone over she was moon, crazy yeah. over with that crowd yeah, it, it, I, yeah. I, I, I think that will come but you know they're still kind of going with the old familiar so it is what it is you know and, and one sorry one final point about the battle royal <laughs> it was nice to see mike canellis get more airtime on evolution pay-per-view than any other wwe pay-per-view in history <laughs> <laughs> oh uh, let, let me let me ask you guys sure. this question real quick and, and just to jump in real fast. Do you feel like there's anything when it comes to with Nia Jax? You know, how we had known how she had allegedly walked away from WWE for a, for a period of time because she was upset about some things. Do you feel like WWE is realizing that? 
you know, we really do have to make sure who we push and how we push them because it can't just be the land of the pretty people. It, it really does have to be based upon your talent level as well. And I think Nia Jax really is one of those. She's like the female version of a Braun Strowman in my mind. If, if there is, I mean, just, just from a physically large standpoint, and, and I mean that in the, the nicest possible way, but I feel like in a lot of ways they kind of give her a push and then they kind of pull it back. Mm. And I feel like now they're trying to give her this, this bigger push. Do you think that that's what's best right now is to give Nia Jax the push just because of her physical prowess i mean just being that large of a, of a person do you think that is something that's going to look good or do you think no we're looking more towards more of the agile competitors to go at it in more of an athletic type of match which we saw from a becky lynch and a charlotte flair i, I think there's a, a definitely a place for the, the I, i'm not saying this in a way to disparage neil jacks but again this is something you maybe wouldn't have a problem if you were talking about the the the, the male wrestlers but the monster heel or the the, the monster uh, power face you know like um probably the best example in, in american wrestling in recent years has been awesome kong amazing kong she was a force of nature in tna um she had some incredible matches with gail kim if that's the route they're going to go down with nia jacks against someone like Sasha Banks or Asuka or even Ronda Rousey, then yeah, she definitely has a place at the top of the card. And I, I think she has been used pretty badly. Um, she maybe was a bit um, overeager to walk away, but um, I, I think she definitely had a point about being slightly misused. Mm. Well, how do you explain something like that with like Anaya Jackson? Then, you know, you make a, a really good point with Asuka. I mean, have we seen somebody underutilized as much as Asuka? I mean, she came in with such an amount of fanfare from NXT. And all of a sudden, it was like, oh, her winning streak? Yeah, not that big of a deal. We're going to beat her. Would, and then it was kind of like she just kind of fell by the wayside. I would say on, on that, Mike, it's, you know, we got a bit of confirmation rather than illumination because we knew this was happening. Uh, Vince McMahon doesn't watch NXT. Vince McMahon only watches the WWE product. So as soon as something happens where one of these guys come to the forefront, they're shot down. Unless just just wait them. until Vince McMahon watches NXT and sees Lars Sullivan. He's like, "Oh my God, we have a, one of those." <laughs> but see, I still think he he still looks like a guy from The Hills Have Eyes. You see <laughs> the movie, the, the the recent ones. Yeah. Dude looks like the guy from Goonies. I'm sorry, but that's just the way he looks to me. But see, that's the thing, like. The problem with it is Vince still doesn't see these guys, these guys and girls, as uh, a star without making them himself, and that's the problem. Now, this is changing. This will change more, but you know, Oscar is a prime example of it. Like I, I heard that the reason was because she doesn't speak English as well as they would like. That's bull. You know, like look at Goldberg. Goldberg doesn't cut the best promo <laughs> in the world, like at all. And you know he was still he didn't have to. Oscar was just killing dude, killing girls and dudes, and it wasn't a problem. Um, and, you know, and I think they will eventually realize what they've done here. But this is something that we've seen again with um, with Kenta. You know, where and someone else again who his English isn't great, and he's just kind of languishing away there in you know development hell. But you know, it, you know, we're seeing this now with the women becoming equal to the men. On on the on the main the main uh, product, and I guess the same thing happens to them. That happens to the guys, you know. If if Vince doesn't buy into, it, he's just not going to buy into, it. and I think that's what's happening here. 
But um, what did you guys think of the May Young Classic Finals and the winner of that? We go with we go with uh, we go with Mike first. I liked it. I, I liked it. I was very very happy with the May Young Classic this year. Um, I felt like there was a couple of girls that I had been had my eye on that I hoped they hoped they would would have come out on top. But I was very happy with it. I thought it was great. And I think at the end of the day, it's not necessarily so much, and, and Tony, tell me if you agree with this, who necessarily comes out on top and wins, but it's the fact that they're getting showcased and spotlighted and fans of this part of the world get to see them when they don't typically get to see them and to appreciate what they bring to the table as far as athleticism. But no, I, I didn't have any gripes with, with this year's winner. I thought it was good, and uh, I can't wait for the third one. Yeah, I enjoyed that match thoroughly, and I also enjoyed sort of one of the little subtle touches, which um, when they lined up all the competitors at ringside, if when they ran the camera along, you saw Rhea Ripley there, who was clapping, but just barely clapping, because Ripley and Tony Storm are having issues in the NXT UK division just now, so I thought that was a nice little bit of continuity and, and character development there, but the actual match itself, I mean, it's Tony Storm and uh, Io Shirai, <laughs> you're not going to have a bad match with those two. Uh, yeah, and we didn't. The match was, you know, n- not the match of the night for me, but it was really, really good. Um, a lot of high-risk maneuvers, a lot of very physical physical interactions here, but I think Tony Storm was the right winner in this. Yeah, yeah, especially as she went deep in the tournament last year and lost it. Uh, you wouldn't want Alex Luger by not having her come up with the, the, the trophy at the second time of asking. No. no wow, no. you're whipping out a Lex Luger <laughs> reference. Holy cow. <laughs> Mr. Cottam, you, you, uh, you, my friend, you've been hanging around Mr. James Truepenny a lot, whipping out the old uh, history books here. I like it. Wikipedia is my friend. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, uh, you know, I, I think we'll be seeing a lot from, from these two anyway going forward. And, it, it you know, it really heartens me to see a match like this um, given time to breathe. Uh, I have to say that, uh, what's it, what did he call it, the Storm Zero? Yeah, <laughs> yes, that's v- looking, but... Oh, it's so unreal. Um, but, yeah, awesome match, really good. My favourite match tonight, I have to say. But it was followed up by uh, a match that we could have... I don't know. What do you guys think of Sasha Bailey and Natalia versus the Riot Squad? It was nothing, really. It, yeah. it, it was good to see those six on the card. Um, Liv Morgan has been the most improved wrestler of the year for me. Every time she steps in the ring, for me, she seems to get better and more confident and more um, connecting to the fans and, and getting into her character and getting into her gimmick. And I, I think she has a lot of potential as, as a face going forward when the, the turn eventually happens. But um, for Sasha and Bailey, who you could argue were at the pinnacle of what got this thing started, their match at Brooklyn, the first uh, Sasha versus Bailey feud that, that was going in NXT, that was one of the things that, that drove this uh, women's evolution forward by a long way. And for them to be kind of buried in a, a six man mid card tag team match that you could quite happily sneak off and go and buy yourself a, a hot dog or make a sandwich in the kitchen while it was going on. I think it did, did a disservice to all of the six people involved in that match, to be honest. And whether that's down to Sasha being injured and being off TV for a while, because it felt to me like they were always building towards the, the eventual breakup of Sasha and Bailey and the, the, the final one-on-one match between them on the main roster, but whether that couldn't have happened because of injury. But yeah, it, just, it was a match that was there. It was good to see them on the card. It was good to see them have the moment, but it could have been so much more. I agree. 
Yeah, no, I, I agree with you 100% on that one, Tony. I feel like it was one of those situations where, hey, we got some names. Let's go ahead and throw them out there. And they didn't necessarily have a, a purpose, if you will. I think it's a more to focus on you know, the Riot Squad in, in their evolution and their gelling. And you're right. They're really coming along really, really well. And I'm really happy to see that. But unfortunately, it was it was forgettable. Um and that's coming from somebody who can truly appreciate what, you know, Sasha Banks and Bailey do bring to the table here. But I don't feel like you're really utilizing them very well when you kind of throw people into a six-man tag. It's it's kind of hard to really get excited about something like that because there's there's too many elements that are happening at one time. It doesn't really allow you to really start to get into a good flow. So, yeah, it was cool. But once again, it wasn't on the top of my list. Yeah, I agree. And I think at this point of the show – we get this weird kind of transition where the matches were they were kind of by the books um not saying that they were bad but they were just kind of you know you knew they were going to happen i thought the main event was the, the weakest match of the whole thing for, from my perspective but um what do you guys think of the nxt women's championship match overall as compa- uh, sorry i just want to frame that better as compared compared to the two major championships Tony, I'll let you jump in first. Okay, uh, I, I I actually really really enjoyed that. I I thought if if you've been following the story of Baszler and uh, Kyrie from last year's Mayon Classic, then it, it was a perfect finale to the match. You know, um, Baszler had lost the the first one to to Kyrie saying, and then came back and, and developed herself, or developed her skills, turned into this bully, bullied Kyrie saying out of it, lost to. Somewhat of a fluke at SummerSlam, realised that she couldn't hang with with Sane again. So in come our, our, our four horsemen or three horsewomen friends, uh, Duke and Shafir, to even the odds and 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 tip the odds in her favour. And I thought the match was really good. Basler gets it. She just really gets professional wrestling. She is going to be incredible if if they bring her up and have her on a different brand to Ronda Rousey and eventually pull the trigger on a feud between those two. That's money. That that's going to be a big money feud in WWE for me. But the match, absolutely loved it. Encapsulated everything that the, the NXT Women's Division is and was and will be in in, in the future going forward. Now, now, Tony, didn't you and I talk about you know the potential of a Shayna Baszler, uh, Ronda Rousey so. fight? Yep. I, and I think we we were both were kind of like, wow, that would really be great because. Think about it, you guys. For a long time, it was this belief system, not only amongst the fans, but in the whole WWE universe that, oh, Charlotte Flair versus Ronda Rousey would would be great. And I'm not saying it wouldn't be, but, I mean, think about two technicians, two technicians like Ronda Rousey and Shayna Baszler going at it. They come from the same background. They're ridiculously talented, and they've taken to wrestling – like a duck to water. I mean, they literally have just stepped into this completely different arena and just embraced it. The fans have embraced them. I cannot say enough good things about Shayna Baszler. As far as this match, Kyrie Sane, I think she's incredible. I really do. But I do really think that if you really want to have that dominant champion that you're grooming to come up to the main roster and let's be honest i don't think Shayna baszler's that far off from coming up to the main roster i think that it's going to happen probably by wrestlemania if not maybe before that i think she's ready she's one of those people who she has the ability to cut a promo really well really well she has the look she has the swagger and 
I am not surprised that they put the strap back on her. Very, very happy about that. I think Kyrie Sane is, is definitely – she's going to be somebody to be reckoned with. But I think she's going to need a little bit more time. And I think sometimes when you don't have as dominant of a personality, I think sometimes you almost kind of get forgotten a little bit. But I think a personality can very much overcome a lot of inabilities from a talent standpoint. Would you guys agree? Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that's a fair assessment. Okay, Kyrie has this tendency to try and just... I don't know whether it's what she's been told or just coming from a different... Um, sort of way of working in Japan, but sometimes she just tries to be that little bit too cute, I think, if you, if, if you get what I mean. I'm not saying it in a detracting way, but she'll, she'll, she'll pull the, the, the sort of the, the faces at the camera and do all the, the, the wacky arm movements when sometimes you just want to, no, just stop that, just turn around and smack the hell out of her, you know? Yeah, but I think that's part of her character, you know? And it yeah, kinda yeah, adds, totally. It kind of adds to the mystique. And here's the thing, Tony, on that point as well, when she goes up to the main roster, I think that'll be kind of worked out of her. You know, it's just still... Yeah. Sure, sure, we saw similar things with uh, with Finn when he came in, you know, initially on Smiling NXT. Finn. Yeah, so it's like. Uh, uh, but what what Mike was saying about um, the the Ronda Rousey versus Charlotte being the money match in WWE says I'm I'm not sure anymore. I I called ages ago that next year's WrestleMania would be headlined by Ronda versus Charlotte, and I, I think we'll we'll come to that match. But um, Becky's overtaken Charlotte now for my money. Uh, Be- Becky versus Ronda, that's the money match now. I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's a really good point. And let me ask you guys this: Did you guys ever see that coming? Did you guys see, you know, you know, were you able to look into your crystal ball and say, "Wow, I think this Becky Lynch is is just she's ready to really emerge and really take that giant step forward"? Because I can tell you, I liked her, but I didn't see what we see now, and I feel like. She's developed more because they put the spotlight on her. And, and as they always say, when the spotlight's on you, one of two things is going to happen. You're either going to rise the occasion or you're going to cower because you know what? The, the moment's too big for you. Are you surprised that she's doing as well as she is? Or do you think, nah, I saw that happening all along? Not at all, Mike. She's Irish. <laughs> <laughs> I, knew, I knew you were going to say that. I knew that was coming. Um, I, I think I kind of hoped it was there. I mean, I, I used to do the, the, the live tweeting of Raw and SmackDown and uh, the pay-per-views for the magazine we all used to work for. Um, and I think I always said that Becky Lynch was the, the, the glue that held the women's division together all the time. And whether or not she would be given the chance to shine and to show that, I, I wasn't ever quite sure. I, I didn't really think they ever had total faith in her. Um, when the four horsewomen came up, I, I, I very much felt like Charlotte was the number one Becky and Sasha were interchangeable number two, and Becky was just there to make up the the cute market marketing topic of the the four horsewomen. But she's she's struck in there. She's developed. She's hung. She's as good technically in the ring as any one of the the, the four horsewomen that came up from NXT. And mm-hmm. she's got that one thing that you can't teach in a classroom, and it's a connection to the fans. She's got that in spades. Yeah, like I think even even from her indie days, you know, and you know, I've I, I've been lucky enough to actually like not be there for it but you know know people who've worked with her and talked to them and actually kind of say well hey this is you know and yeah apparently it was always there so when we saw it on wwe it took a while for it to kind of click but there was never a doubt that there was going to be something special about about becky i think working with someone like charlotte uh kind of expediated that and made it made it rise to the surface even quicker but you know having a match like this it does two things it it you know 
gets the haters away from Charlotte to be like, well, look, you know, she might be Ric Flair's daughter, but she's Ric Flair's daughter for a reason, you know, and she's able to prove it, and that's why she's been given the opportunities, but also that Becky, she's your top star in the women's division, you know, and, and going in there at Ronda, there's one thing that you need to have at Ronda that, you know, this this show actually kind of bookends quite nicely. If you don't have a top star or someone who's believable to be able to work with Ronda, the match is kind of dull. Building Becky up as a monster, which she is now, um, if you build that up going into WrestleMania, that's money. Yeah, I mean, the, the Becky's coming out moment, and it wasn't even in the ring. It was that um, interview with Edge on the cutting edge where she she just pulled the old bait and switch that Alexa Bliss is so fond of doing where she's like, oh, you're right, I don't, I, I, I don't like myself. I love myself. Just the way she delivered that line and even the line about don't hurt your neck on the way out, that, that, was, that was just someone who's totally at ease with who they are, what they want to be, what they're trying to get across. She, she just oozed star power on that moment. Yeah, it's, it's very much like... Actually, you know, it was good that it was with Edge because it's somebody who kind of mirrored the same thing you know edge's coming mm. out moment was very was you know it wasn't really in the ring you know because it was always there it was um it was all the outside factors where he really kind of honed that ultimate opportunity ultimate opportunist kind of character you know you can't really trust him blah 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 and actually see it like that it's just oh you know it, it's a rare and I'll, I'll be honest guys it's a rarity as a wrestling fan in 2018 to have that because we're so not um not jaded but you know so smart that it's in you know it's it's smarky smart kind of stuff where you're like oh i know this is gonna happen and for it to be completely blindsided like that is great you know uh, mike would you agree or what do you think no no i agree i agree 100 percent with what you're saying i think that you know it's it's one of those things where if the audience is caught off guard it definitely tells a better story because there's so many times that we look at you know, two feuds or a feud or two people put together and you're like, well, I can already kind of figure out what's going to happen here. But you know what? When you really don't know what the outcome is going to be like or what could happen, I think it definitely adds that element of realism. I mean, I don't know if that's a a good choice of words, but one thing Vince McMahon had said in the past was he goes, you know, I believe it was with the honky tonk man. He actually had him lose before a big match coming up on the pay-per-view and everyone was like oh well if he lost then then he's definitely not going to get the push and he's not going to get the win but then he did get the win at the pay-per-view and everyone was like wow i didn't see that coming so i think the element of surprise like that definitely works in the favor of it Mm -hmm. and i think it definitely works with this i really really like becky lynch uh, I heard a lot of people compare her to a Stone Cold Steve Austin as far as a female version of that. I don't think that's too far off, but I, I don't necessarily think it's fair to always compare someone to someone who came before. Mm, well, I think it's it's it kind of diminishes them in a way instead of them being themselves. But Well, well I think, Mike, yeah. just on that point, like, you know, that would be on purpose. You know, Becky would is obviously a huge Stone Cold Steve Austin fan and the penetration that Austin had in Ireland – you know, it makes sense. You know, it's like, I think that that's very much on purpose. And it, it sucks that most people will compare them to, oh, the next such and such. But in this case, mm. I think it's deliberate. You know, she wants to be known as, you know, the Stone Coast Steve Austin of the women's division. Do you think a Becky Lynch and a Shayna Baszler would be a good match? I mean, in the same breath that we're talking about, you know, Shayna potentially with a Ronda, do you think it kind of goes into that same kind of 
different kind of thing, you know. I, I, I genuinely believe Becky Lynch could get a four-star match out of a broomstick and Brie Bella at the minute. Well, maybe not Brie Bella, but you know what I mean. <laughs> well, like, here's the thing, you know, I compared to, um, you know, let's use an attitude era um, analogy here. Bret Hart can have a great match with Shawn Michaels, have a great match with Austin, but they're not the same match. And I think that I think that's what mm. we're looking at here. So while we'll have a technical match with Ronda, uh, you know, pl- playing the uh, playing the heart here, playing the part of Shawn Michaels, and um, Becky playing the part of Austin, that's the best comparison I could draw. Yes, they'd both be great main event matches. Yes, they'd both be must must uh, must see television. However, they would not be the same match, and they'd be completely different experiences. Would you agree on that, Tony? Yeah, totally. Uh, Becky's very adaptable. It's, she's very much of, again, without without harkening back to this for horsewoman thing, she's very much of that horse horseman horsewoman mold where she will adapt to her opponent's style rather than the opponent having to adapt to her. I think it was Ric Flair that said that. It's like, why should I have to wrestle the, the you know the same match every night? If I go out there with someone who's different, I'll adapt to them and we'll have a good match that way. You know, that, that's what, that's where Becky is right now, I think. All right, guys, on that point, before we continue uh, into the main event and the rest of the show, we're going to take a quick break here on Phoenix 92.5 FM. You're listening to The Rest of You International Desk. Okay, so you're catching us on the podcast and you want to find out, well, what if I want to listen live and I'm not in Ireland? Well, the TuneIn app has you covered. That's TuneIn. Just look for Phoenix 92.5 FM you'll be able to check us out live don't forget if you want to contribute to the conversation go over to twitter dbvi desk is where you can reach us don't forget to chat in live every tuesday 8 p.m to 9 p.m on phoenix 92.5 fm don't forget to check out learn to know bases here on phoenix 92.5 fm with myself daryl o'connor and brin o'rourke for everything nerd culture video games comics and so much more that's nerd to know basis 5pm 6pm every Saturday here on 92.5 Phoenix FM Hey everybody it's JB Jeremy Borash and you are listening to Daryl O'Connor on the International Desk Hi guys we're back here on Phoenix 92.5 FM the rest of you International Desk thank you so much for joining us this Tuesday remember guys go over to iTunes uh, where you can check us out Nerd 2 the number 2 no media and of course uh, via the rest of you channels we're also on Spotify which is fantastic uh, so let's get back to it here on the rest of you International Desk alright lads so uh, the main event um, of the show and I have to admit um, on this I don't know what your feelings on this guys but for me, the main event of Ronda with Nikki Bella was very, very lackluster. Uh, Mike, what did you think on this? We, we, we talked a lot about how great the last matches were and how the stage was set. and I, I thought this was kind of lacking. No, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I, I do think it was lacking. I don't feel like they really kind of built it up as well as it could have been. I think that they tried. I just don't think that the that Brie Bella really has the personality that people gravitate towards or that is very believable. When it came to that, this match, I think we all knew, yeah, Ronda's going to probably win. And Ronda's probably going to look pretty impressive in the process. Nothing against Brie Bella, but she's just not in that same category as Ronda Rousey. And I think right now, because the rocket is attached to Ronda and she's going to be shot to the moon, I think that it's kind of a foregone conclusion on what's going to happen. Now, do I think these two 
complement each other's styles really well. Not not so much. I don't really feel like it was a good match from the standpoint of being an intriguing story to watch as we were going through this match. I think it was it was kind of lackluster. I mean, especially Dara, what you said when you put it in the backdrop of what we've just seen, you know, it was like, wow, we're really building, we're really building, and this is supposed to be the the crescendo here, mm. and it just kind of fell short. Tony, yeah, I, th- I think if you are looking back in hindsight and planning the matches, you'd switch the last two for sure. Um, I ag- I agree. Yeah, same. Having said that, while it was a step down in, in quality, I. <laughs> And this is going to sound like I'm totally ragging here, but it was way better than what I was, well, what I was expecting from Nikki Bella. Um, Fair enough. I'll give I, you that. I'll give you that. I, I, I think it's a very smart match for them to book as the main event because Nikki Bella, for all her flaws in the ring, she is a TV reality show star. She is a TMZ staple. She is on the, the covers of magazines. Ronda Rousey is a mainstream star. She's talked about on front pages and back pages. Put the two of them in the ring together, you're going to draw eyes to the, the, the product. And that can't be a bad thing for this all-woman pay-per-view. Ring match-wise, um, Nikki got a little too much offense for my liking. It, it should have been a hell of a lot quicker than it was. Um but you know, it, it told it, it told a good story that you know Bree's interference helping to even it out, so Nikki could hang with Ronda for that long. Again, I don't want to sound like I'm totally ragging on it, but yeah, it was totally in the wrong place for me. But it it, it was by nowhere as bad as it could have been. You know what? I want to apologize, guys. I just got my bellows confused. Oh my goodness! Oh, <laughs> twin magic! Oh my goodness! <laughs> But but no, I, I agree with you, Tony. I think it's one of the situations where they, they needed to have both of them to be getting involved to kind of keep it competitive almost, mm-hmm. you know, to make it kind of seem entertaining because at the end of the day, you know that Ronda could have eaten them both alive. But once again, they had to put on a show. They had to put on a match. And you're right. It had star power. You know, I mean, from their TV shows, the fact that they're everywhere on social media, especially with everything that has been going on with them. So. It's interesting, but yet, once again, I would have placed this differently on the card. And at least with, with Brie accompanying Nikki, we didn't need to hear Brie Bella's god-awful theme music. Oh, my goodness. I don't know, guys. Like, If you're going to say you love Brie Bella, oh, I'm just hanging it. up now. I don't. I don't. Did you like this match, Dara? No, um, <laughs> I did not. That's the most resigned no I think I've ever held. <laughs> like, uh, if this hadn't been before Becky and Charlotte, I think I'd be okay with it. You know, yeah, it, totally, totally. It, it, I think that's a much more natural placement for it. Uh, it was just kind of, it's typical WWE, and you know, it, it's like what we said. You know, the women now are equal to WWE, uh, to WWE uh, male performers in the sense that they're going to book their main events in the same way where. You know, the main performers are going to go out and have a phenomenal match, and then their top person's going to be put in. This would be similar to what we've seen with Roman Reigns, where it goes on the main event, even though you know something else should have gone, or even with John Cena or something like that. You know, it's just, it is what it is. I, I like Ronda. Anytime she's in the ring, she has that Brock Lesnar feel, but oh, the Bellas are just cack. They're terrible. <laughs> you know? I think it's it's progress that we're we're analysing the matches and the match placement in this right now rather than going oh well this is the match where you take a break before the main event happens next you know it's progress but by that standard you have to 
apply the same criteria that you do to the, the men's matches. Exactly, and I, I, I and that's, you know, it, it's it shows that this worked. You know, overall, you know, we're not seeing this as oh, the women's only. It's like no, it's like well, compared to the other matches which had much better performers in it, this was very very lackluster. This was very very, you know, meh. And I, I was glad it was over. You know, I was happy to see Ronda <laughs> won because, you know, I, the Bellas they are what they are. I think they're still there because of you know, other reasons. But Nikki, I was shocked to see that she was able to do half the things that she was able to do competently. And Brie was, you know, you know, got involved and did what he Brie was pointing. So, yeah, that's pretty much it. So look, guys, overall, guys, what would you give this out of ten? Uh, go with you, Tony, first. Um, for historical reasons. Obviously, solid ten. <laughs> but um, <laughs> um, there's a, there's another joke I could do there, which I will not do on air. Um, I'd, I'd go for a solid eight. Right. And what about you, Mike? For the whole event, or you mean just for this match? Oh, for the whole event. Oh, the whole event. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go a solid eight and a half. Uh, maybe eight point seven five. I mean, because a ten. This is the way I look at things when you grade things. Ten is almost you. You can't. You can't hit a 10. Or if you can, it's it's one in a lifetime. So basically now that becomes nine is your highest, right? So I'm going to say uh, at least eight and a half. Absolutely. Right. I would be the same. I would say, you know, given if it had been a one-time only show, it would probably be a higher because of the novelty of it. But, you know, considering fact we're applying the same criteria as we would normally, about an eight and a half. You know, it would, I enjoyed it. I thought it was really fun. One of the best pay-per-views of the year. But um, it's what it is, you know. Hopefully, they'll be able to do it again. Hopefully, it'll be a a yearly thing. But on that point, just before I move on, based on that, and based on the fact the way this was positioned, they're going to have to start buffing up their roster a bit because they can't keep bringing in the old fogies or the legacy characters to have these <laughs> matches. Because eventually, they're going to run out. You know, it's like, oh, guys, you know, unless you're going to have like a, a an old style brand panties match or something like that which well they could dig up the course corpse of Katie Vick <laughs> no, no Katie Vick <laughs> matches on this but... well here, here's the thing about that one though I mean you, you know we did talk about it a little bit earlier at the top of the program how it was it had that nostalgia feel to it it was kind of like you know the title of the event is evolution so you're obviously going to have some of the women who were the pioneers and then obviously you're going to build up to the women who are there today I don't mind seeing a Trish Stratus and Alita every so often I'm telling you I don't have a problem with that and was it just me or was it really exciting when you saw Mickey James step in the ring after she got the tag and she was right face to face with her stratus yeah. did that not take you back from like years ago and you're like wow here we are again yeah yeah i i, I cool. totally jumped on the group chat with some of my friends and I, and i said at the time there's still money and trish stratus versus mickey james yeah there is there's still i would say there's even money with uh you know, Lita versus Mickey James with Trish Atlas versus Lita. You know, there's still money in these talents that were so ahead of their time, they were in a time where women's wrestling wasn't valued. Yeah, and I, I think uh, you, you can draw the line there with, with something that a lot of the, the wrestling personalities of days gone by have been saying that because Mickey James and Lita and Trish Stratus were established characters and not just we go out and we wrestle. They yep. actually have characters that you care about that you invest in. That's why there's still money there. Yeah, and that's the same thing that we see with with the actual era guys. You know, like people still like The Rock because <laughs> he's The Rock. You know, but 
if Dolph Ziggler, you know, disappeared for a couple of couple of years and then came back, and be like, oh, are you gonna bump well, for us, Dolph? You know, that's well, I, I I have issues with the Rock, but that's on a personal level. Oh no, I, here's the thing. I don't like the Rock as a as a wrestler at all. As an actor, yeah, great. It's a, it's it's the Cena syndrome. It's like I hate you as a wrestler. Please go away. But mate, you make good movies, you know. <laughs> oh no, no, no! I, it's the movies I have an issue with because the walk to where I was going for my training course this week was made twenty minutes longer by the fact that they shut off George Square to film the Rock's latest movie. So that he can apologise to me in person for that. Ah, ah fair, <laughs> fair, fair. What is his latest movie? Did did you find that out? It's a uh, Hobbs and Shaw. That's the the working name of it so far. It's the spin-off with him and Jason Statham, which might be the most testosterone filled movie ever oh my god well i don't know i watched a meg recently that was that's a fun movie <laughs> anything with jason statham i will watch crank i love those movies jason, the transporter i love them <laughs> jason straight jason straight and kills a megadon by punching it of course he does because who who wouldn't <laughs> I, I, i've only seen one line from the trailer where he's looking at this big window that's got teeth marks on it and he says unashamedly straight faced right down the camera it looks like we've got a meg <laughs> it's, it's, I'm like I need to see this film <laughs> oh man it's, it is super fun I, I, I would recommend it to all involved but uh, s- speaking of corpses and, and random marks let's move over to uh, Sweet Saudi Money 2 Electric Boogaloo wow <laughs> nice transition right there uh, bring back Hacksaw Jim Duggan but update his gimmick for the modern age and call him Bonesaw Jim Duggan <laughs> And he is pro this event <laughs> taking place, by the way. There was an interview he had done, and he is actually in in WWE's camp saying that he actually endorses this. And I have a big problem now with uh, Mr. Ho because I would say, no, this makes no sense at all. But we're going to get into it. I, I would question whether Mr. Duggan has a WWE Legends contract. <laughs> Well, look, you know, there's been a couple of breaking news, particularly now we're taping this on a Monday night, so there's been it's still uh, an updated situation. Apparently, Daniel Bryan does not want to go to the show. Neither does John Cena. Rumor is that they've both informed WWE that they're not going and they're frantically scrabbling about for a week to try and make this make sense. Well, Tony, on that point, it's been announced that that John Cena is injured. So they're going uh-huh. to have Bobby Lashley in his place. Bo- so Bo- Mr. Golf himself, Bobo. Is, so that's, a, that, that's, that's, that's another American in this truly international World Cup of wrestling. Yeah. I was just about to say it is the most non-international cup at all because it's all American dudes. Like, well, it doesn't make any sense. Well, look, you know, it's, it's almost like the World Series of Baseball where only two countries compete for the World <laughs> Championship. Lads, how they got Bobo over was he said, look... We have great golf courses, and he was—he was there, man. He was there. <laughs> He's still at the airport now, just like I can't wait to get to get to those golf courses because he, he. There's one thing Bobo loves: it's golf. You don't even have to pay him. No. I mean, I think if you just get him a good tea time, he's like, that's enough. Yeah. I'm in. That's Probably enough. thinks Leo rushes his caddy. <laughs> <laughs> oh my! I'm gonna dig the interview out for anyone who doesn't know. I did an interview with, with Bobo a couple of years ago. And he was the Impact Champion, and all he did for the whole time was talk about how much he loves golf. So I'm gonna dig that out because it's it, it, to this day it's the worst interview I've ever done, but it's hilarious. So that's what let I'm me referring add, to. Let me ask you guys this question. I don't I didn't mean to, to interrupt here, but like when it comes to stuff like that, when you have a big event that's gonna be coming up, and you have two big names like Daniel Bryant and John Cena, and I think we can all agree the Daniel Bryant comeback it was very nice as it was just didn't have the the big time feel 
he never came back with that big time energy that he had prior to the injury. Would you guys agree that it just wasn't quite the same? I, I this was because he's vegan though. Yeah. Well, look. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I would say it's it's because, you know, with Daniel Bryan, he like, I don't think he ever thought it would happen. And it's kind of like the kid who's like, I want to go there. I want to go. No, it's like the kid who's like, oh, I want to see the movie. I want to see the horror movie. And then you see the horror movie, you have nightmares. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to see the horror movie. I think that was what Daniel Bryan wanted. He just built up this thing in his head where he's like, you know, I want to be back wrestling. I want to be back wrestling. And then when they said, oh, go on then. He's like, oh, no, I want to go home. Here's here's a a, a scorching hot take for you. If Daniel Bryan's WWE contract had expired a month before All In, he would not have re-signed with WWE and he would have been on All In. Yep, I agree with that. I agree with that. I think, you know what, that would have been a much better better turnout, I think, because what he's done now is, like, ridiculous. Daniel Bryan, he's added nothing to the show and... You know, and he's pulled out of you know the the match that I would like to see him with AJ Styles. He's probably not going to go. So look, this is a developing situation, guys. And even if we do go over, we have like ten minutes left of the show. The whole this whole show will be available on iTunes and Spotify and all kind of stuff. So we will kind of go over if we need to. But let's get into the situation, guys. Before we get into the card, um, Mike, I'm interested to get your thoughts on this because you are an American and. Um, you know, this is in America. Wait, Cup. what? Yeah, I know, right? I thought he was Canadian for ages. I was lied to. <laughs> he's, 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 he's not declared war on me once. He's not invaded me for oil. How can you be American? <laughs> oh my! Hey, don't hold it against me either, guys. Okay, <laughs> I was just born here. Um, my thought is, you know, any time a life has been taken is is sad, and and it's one of those things where. You know, you got to look at the situation from a humanistic standpoint. And I feel like, you know, this gentleman who was a writer for, I believe it was the Washington Post. And, you know, he had been very critical of the government itself and, you know, had gone back over there. And that's really what kind of bugged me. Like, man, you're you're going back over there. And and this happened and that happened. And, and obviously, you know, you had four different stories that came out of what happened. It did bother me. It did bother me, and it bothers me that the WWE is 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 supporting this cause right now. You right. know, because someone who, you know, worked in our country and was a journalist in our country and worked for a very well known publication had something like this happen to him. Yet WWE is still deciding to go ahead and take this money. It it leaves a very very bitter taste in your mouth, and uh, I just can't I can't get behind it. I can't say all. Oh, you know, I'm pro USA. I'm pro WWE because I'm not. And I think in a lot of ways, people in the United States seem to believe that they have all the answers when the reality is we don't. And unfortunately, I think WWE's really, really stepped in a hole on this one. So, so, so sorry, Mike. I'm going through. <laughs> I'm going through Twitter here, and uh, someone just posed by the name of Timothy Burke. He posted new Crown Jewel promo from at last week, and it's pretty funny. Uh, I'm gonna yes. Yeah, have you seen it, Tony? Yeah, is this the John Oliver thing? Yeah. Oh yes, 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 yes. yes, yes. It's uh, it, it's pretty good. It's pretty. It's pretty good. Uh, yeah, it kind of ties in all the stuff that's happening there. I'll, I'll post it um in in the chat and on our Facebook uh, Facebook page as well. Look, this whole situation, WWE. WWE on one hand, it's kind of what we said with the last show, the Greatest Royal Rumble, but it's 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 been 
amplified. So not only do we have the fact that Saudi Arabia violates human rights, that it it's pretty horrific towards women, to apostates, to you know people of different faiths, blah blah blah, blah uh, all those horrible things. But allegedly, <laughs> they've killed someone in an embassy for being critical of the regime who apparently is supposed to be so progressive and not like these things you know someone who's supposed to be welcoming he lets women drive all this kind of stuff so that's that's like one side of it the other side here is that wwe are part of um 20 is it 2020 is that the name of the movement guys um, I'd have to check that. I, 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 I'm not 100% about sure right. the yeah. name of it. I think it does sound right. Yeah, so the, so for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Saudi Arabia, because of this new uh, leader they have, who's supposed to be young and hip, um, he's, he's trying to update the image of Saudi Arabia. And WWE have signed up to be part of this movement to bring in outside, um, outside promotions. WWE being the crown jewel, that's literally what it's supposed to be. So, here's why it's a problem for WWE. They're not just... A sideshow. They're not just like a part of it. They are core to this ten-year plan to really kind of push forward. And you know, that's why last time at the Greatest Royal Rumble we saw this um, John Cena shilling for them, saying how great they were, and then running this promo package. If WWE run this promo promo package and have something similar, that creates a huge problem because not only are they just running a show, but they're being a propaganda piece. You know, it, it's very similar to you know if. Now look, if you know the 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 Olympics in Germany, you know it's that's kind of what it's like, you know, back underneath the Nazis. You know, they were doing human rights violations, and here's the question: It's like I'm sure if they were you around, that would be the quandary. It's like here, look, we give you all this money, and you make more money than you can in your whole lifetime. That's why Shawn Michaels is there. But morally, not only do we have all this stuff that's happening, but we also have a man being killed for articles in a horrific way and you guys are core to this now like WWE had the chance to pull from this they had, you know Virgin has pulled out of this UFC have pulled out of this um, a lot of tech companies have pulled out of this WWE all they had to say was no we don't want to do this but they didn't what do you guys think do you think this was a smart decision from WWE and, and how do you feel like Tony you know, you're an international uh, guy as well uh, outside of the, the US. How do you feel about this? And, you know, uh, as a company, that has WDB disappointed you at all? Because you have to me. Well, we, me and Mike went into this on the, the first episode of, of Mike's show, the, the Freeland Wrestling Rewind. And I think we we went quite long in it as well. And we were, we were quite scathing. Uh, we've been feeling the knock on the door from 15 men with a bone saw, to be honest. Um, it's. <laughs> It's it's a it's a horrible horrible situation and and like I, I said on on Mike's show it's it's a shame that this um, poor man and I'm going to butcher his name again Kashogi I think is is it's pronounced it's a shame that he's had to die for it to come to light but the, these things have been going on for years and people have been turning a blind eye if it's taking his death his death for them to shine a spotlight on what's actually going on over there then his his death hasn't been in vain and and that's something that I, I, I think he would probably. I'm not saying be willing to do, but be 
quite happy that a light has been finally shown on what's going on over there. As for the WWE, we all know Vince has got a tenuous link with reality at best at the moment. Um, the only thing that he really does care about is the, the extra zeros on the end of whatever check he's getting these days. And You can understand that. He has shareholders. You know, you, you, you can go through all the explanations, but the, the simple fact of the matter is, morally, they're wrong. That's it. Morally, they're wrong. Mm. They want to hold themselves up as, um, oh, we are a bastion of fair play and we're a PG-orientated company and we do all this charity work and we do all this work for fighting cancer and Connor's Cure. But on the other hand, we're also going over to Saudi Arabia. We won't even talk about that. We're not even going to announce on our shows where the show's going to be in case the, the public boo it. So they, they <laughs> must know the something's bill. gone wrong. You know, you know <laughs> if, if they can manage to get the Undertaker booed for saying the name of a show, then there must be something <laughs> wrong somewhere. But that's the thing. You know, if, if, if this was done... For the right reasons, and look, the show, the card, we're gonna talk, we're, we're gonna have to, to wrap this up here, but we are gonna continue on in, in on the podcast only show. The card is great. Look, it is gonna be a pretty good show, but morally, this is a question where you're like, well, look, you can put on the best thing in the world, but either you stand for something or you stand for nothing. And WWE should have just been like, look, we're gonna let this go. Um, but before we head off, guys, and before we go, we 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 end this show here on Phoenix FM. Um, how can how can the people reach you on Twitter, Tony? Um, you can get me on Twitter at underscore N-O, that's I-double-N-O. Uh, you can hear me and my other ramblings on my own podcast over at We Are Smashcast. Um, be one that that's not video-friendly for some of the language and content, but it's, it's a good listen nonetheless. And what about you, Mike? You can find me on Twitter. I am at Mike Freeland, M-I-K-E-F-R-E-L-A-N-D. I have two shows, the one that Tony had mentioned before he joins me. It is the Freeland Wrestling Rewind, and we are part of – we are the sister show to the True Penny Show, which you can find uh, on SoundCloud and anywhere else that fine podcasts are made available. And I also have a show that's going to be coming out uh, this week. Wednesday, we are debuting it. It is all ECW. It's going to be extreme. Mikey Whipwreck and Jerry Lynn, and uh, it's going to be really, really exciting. So, love to interact with people who love wrestling. Hit me up. I'd love to answer your questions and engage. And the great thing about that, guys, as well, um, listen out here on Phoenix FM as well, because both of those shows, uh, both from Mike and from Tony, you know, might be appearing here. A bit more often so get used to those voices because uh, they're good friends of mine and their quality of content is spectacular so i want to thank you both for joining me this week here on phoenix 92.5 fm guys and remember if you want to get the rest of the show go over to itunes now and search for nerd 2 the number two no media um and it will all be there it's also on soundcloud on spotify just look for wbi desk so until next week guys i've been Daryl connor for my two co-hosts talk again Okay, so you're catching us on the podcast and you want to find out, well, what if I want to listen live and I'm not in Ireland? Well, the TuneIn app has you covered. That's TuneIn. Just look for Phoenix 92.5 FM and you'll be able to check us out live. Don't forget, if you want to contribute to the conversation, go over to Twitter. Desk is where you can reach us. Don't forget to chat in live every Tuesday, 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. on Phoenix 92.5 FM. Don't forget to check out Learn to Know Bases here on Phoenix 92.5 FM with myself, Daryl O'Connor, and Bryn O'Rourke for everything nerd culture, video games, comics, and so much more. That's Nerd to Know Bases, 5pm 6pm every Saturday here on 92.5 Phoenix FM.
All right, guys, and we're back here on the podcast only edition of the BBI Desk with Tony Cotton and Mike Freeman. Guys, thank you so much for staying with me uh, after dark, as it were. Are you fucking kidding me? I wouldn't miss this bullshit for anything. <laughs> and we can swear. <laughs> Fuck shit. Oh, there we go. <laughs> Uh, a Scotsman, an Irishman, and an American walked into Skype and broke it. <laughs> that's right. Well, we haven't been Skyping Death Drop yet, so that's good. We've done really well. We've done really, really well on that one. So, guys, you know, before the break, we were talking about uh, Sweet Saudi Money 2, Electric Boogaloo. And, <laughs> and we were talking about the absolute clusterfuck that it is. Um, and, like, here's the thing. Not only is this, like, super political, but... Glenn Jacobs, a.k.a. Kane, is actually a mayor of Knox County, so <laughs> it gets worse. But uh, they've donated $100,000 to his uh, fund for emergency providers, so that makes everything okay, because some of that Saudi Arabian <laughs> blood money is being funneled through to... <laughs> but, like, not only that as well, we've had multiple... So, uh, so, sorry, so let it be known, if your house goes on fire in Knoxville, Tennessee, there's a 1 in 10 chance that the fire engine that turns up is going to be paid for by that Saudi Arabian blood money. <laughs> But not only that, it's like the majority of WWE wrestlers apparently feel uncomfortable working the show. And then JBL goes on to Fox News and says that he's in favor of the event because it promotes change. What's changing? What, what's changing? What's Vince's changing? bank account. Yeah, like, I was going to say. <laughs> like, like, like I thought the last show was supposed to promote change. It's changed from within. <laughs> <laughs> it, 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 uh, oh god, this is so just. Dude, you can literally see the earpiece hanging out of JBL's ear with Vince screaming lines down the ear at him, like in the full ear of commentating. Tell him, tell him it's a beacon of change now. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get women on there eventually, damn it, even if we have to get Sasha Banks to grow a beard and pretend to be Finley. <laughs> It's it's like the it's like you know the life of Brian you know are there any women here and they're all by the beards off your man and that's kind wow. of let's go wow <laughs> yeah it's it's like it's it's ridiculous that the fact that on within a week they have this huge they have this huge big evolution promo and pay per view and all this and then literally like a couple of days later they're like well you know guys all that work you did because you have a vagina. Yeah, you fuck can't, it. You can't go. <laughs> Why? I just, I just, I, I just keep hearing, "Be a star, be a star." <laughs> Come on, be what, a what? star. I don't know if you guys ever saw this, but during the, the last Saudi show, they aired, uh when they had the break for the prayers, which I'm not going to uh, make a joke about. I, I think that's fine. I think that's great that they they had their, their cultural break in the middle of it. But they are the commercial for the joint pay per views being uh, coming back. And part of it included Carmela dancing in a swimsuit. And they aired it in the arena. And they apparently had to issue a public apology because they aired that. But someone on Twitter who was actually at it from the, the, the Saudi crowd had videoed the arena while this was being shown. And the minute Carmela came up on screen, you could just hear all the guys go, Way! <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like you can't stop people from being human, you know what I mean? And I think that's, that's the biggest problem here. You know, it's like all this stuff is it's modern world kind of stuff, you know, it, it's like, what, what are you guys going to do? You know, like there's a lot of wrestling fans. Um, like I listen to the Solomonster sounds off podcast. I'm quite a big fan of that. You know, I've had Solomonster on the show before. No time and, for pants. And, <laughs> and, and he, he was saying that, um, he was saying that he has a lot of Saudi Arabian fans, you know, and 
yeah, like wrestling's huge over there. So it's not really the people who are the problem here. It's not even the, the no. culture that's the problem. It's the it's the government who are so crazy with their theocracy that it's 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 promoting this 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 you know kind of hellscape you know that people are expected to live in. And by trying to bring in you know the the epitome of Western modern Western American culture, which would be you know tied up with WWE. There's this weird clash like DX, you know. I don't understand how DX are appropriate <laughs> for, you know, a, 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 a theocracy. You know, the whole thing is about you know pointing to their crotch and go suck it. You know, it's like oh, okay, <laughs> right. We got two words for you, bone saw. <laughs> bone saw, yeah, exactly. <laughs> the brothers of destruction, like the Undertaker, who uses a lot of uh, crucifix imagery. You know, Shawn Michaels also has crucifix on his thing, and they're pretty much banned in Saudi Arabia. It's like, well, what are you guys gonna do? <laughs> This just, is, just on a side just... note about the Undertaker, uh, did anyone else find it creepy last week that right after the recap, Roman Reigns telling us he's got cancer, they cut to the Undertaker in a graveyard? <laughs> Jesus! Wow! Wow! wow. Damn but, it, know... Kevin Dunn! <laughs> <laughs> Poor and it's, it's, it's tr- Undertaker going on about, oh, I'm going to put you down and filling in a, a grave with with a, a shovel, and I'm just sitting there thinking, hope Roman's not watching this. <laughs> it's not very inspirational. You know, it's like. <laughs> You know this whole thing. It's like, well, Roman was supposed to be here, and obviously he's not going to be there. We, we. Well, there you go. The poor man had to go and get cancer to avoid going to Saudi Arabia. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you know, we don't. We make a lot of jokes, but we we do wish you know uh, Roman uh, the best, the best on the. Boy, you know, yeah, it, yes, it, absolutely. We, we joke because we love. Yeah, like yes. here's the thing. I will have to say, you know, just get off Saudi Arabia for a second. You know, I met Roman a couple of years ago in Dublin. Uh, I met Williams with the shield. The lads are super nice. They really are. You know, like Roman got a lot of shit, and none of it was his fault. But genuinely a nice guy, and it sucks that he got cancer. Or you know, I didn't know he had leukemia initially. You know, but he got it again, and it's like, well, man, that's just that's horrible. You know. So, but here's the thing: when he comes back, he's gonna be the biggest face of the company. Oh man! Like, oh, he's gonna be white hot. Yeah, there's two. You know, and you know how you bring him back? You bring him back as number thirty surprise in the Royal Rumble. Yep. Yeah, well, you know, I agree. Like I was actually watching Triple H's return from 2002. You know, oh man, that was that was such a pop. Yeah, but it was after all the the the, the YouTube beautiful day yes. video packages. <laughs> you know, it's like they, like I'll, I'll be honest with you when I when I saw this initially, I was like, right, is th- is this is this a gimmick? Please don't who's, be a gimmick. Who's, who's, got, who's got the bigger eagle, Bono or Triple H? That's the biggest match at WrestleMania. Well, well here's the thing. Actually, a couple, a couple of years ago, like uh, one of my one of the one of the lads from WrestleView, Adam Martin, who's actually the editor in chief of WrestleView, he didn't believe me that um, everybody hates Bono in Ireland. So I was going, I was going through Dublin. Through, uh, I was on the bus one day and I was going through Dublin, and then I saw there was a, a like an electric box, and somebody had wrote Bono was a pox on it. I was just I took a picture of it. I, I, I swear blind I saw Bono in Dublin. I was walking down a corner street and I could swear blind I saw him walking towards me and I went into a bar and I I'd said to the guy behind the bar, I says, I swear blind I just saw Bono walking down a corner street and goes, I probably a cunt thinks he owns the place. <laughs> <laughs> what, what what's the difference between God and Bono? Uh, God doesn't exist. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, the joke, God doesn't call himself Bono. Wow! Nice. 
<laughs> Did you know Bono? This is not a joke, by the way. Bono has like a Scottish equivalent, Jim Kerr of Simple Minds. For the longest time in the eighties, they had a competition going to see who was the better of the Celtic bands. So Jim Kerr made it big in America with um, Breakfast Club. Don't you forget about me? And he fucked off to America. And then his grand homecoming back to, to Glasgow. I was at the gig in the Royal Concert Hall, and he flounces onto stage in this giant pink silk trench coat with the cuffs turned up and the black shirt underneath it, and proclaims in his best. Uh, Transatlantic accent, worse than Drew McIntyre. I'm so glad to be back in my hometown of uh, Glasgow. <laughs> he literally <laughs> forgot where he was from. Wow, oh my God. not good. It's like, welcome, Spring Dunn. There will be no encore. <laughs> yes, there's the great story. Sorry to go off topic here, but there was a great story about Bono at a gig in uh, Hamden in Glasgow, and he's stopped the gig and he's doing his like um, preaching, and he's like. Every time I snap my fingers, a child dies and someone shouts, Stop doing it then, you cunt! (laughs) (laughs) Wow. That's incredible. That's incredible. Bono deserves everything he gets. He's such a dickhead. Like, it really is. But, um... I know. Triple H is the game, so... I will have to say there be there be no bad things said about Triple H now, Tony. He's but is it isn't it weird this dichotomy with Triple H? Like Triple H the wrestler, Dick. Triple H the NXT guy, genius. Well, see, yeah. here's the thing. I think Triple H should always have a belt constantly. You know, <laughs> there's just there's no reason for him not to have a belt. You know, so I I would just say you know like that when I see Triple H in the ring and he doesn't have a belt or a sledgehammer, I feel kind of sad. I'm like, come on, man. You know, <laughs> so, did, did anyone else find it strange about evolution that um, literally every mention of China was totally whitewashed? No yeah. mention. If you're talking about women that changed the business, China's up there, and there was literally no mention of it at all. Actually, Tony, have you seen the the video "Wrestling Isn't Wrestling"? Uh, yes, is that the Max Landis one? Yes, I, I watched it there for the first time in a while, and exactly what you were saying. It's it's the best takedown slash love of Triple H ever. Have you seen it, Mike? I have not, but now I need to see this. Now oh, I'm very intrigued. It is fantastic. I'm just going to pop that into the chat there. Um, pretty much, it's it's Triple H's career spelled out to be what wrestling is. And his whole thesis is that wrestling is everything in the world except for wrestling. And he's trying to explain <laughs> about how it works. <laughs> so he's like, it's a bit of everything. Except for wrestling, um, me, it's terrible. Me... I I found myself like slipping wrestling language into like regular conversations with people and and being frustrated when you don't get it. It's like if there's a big cheer for something, oh look at the pop on that, and like be frustrated when they don't understand it. I'm like, oh yeah, uh, that that Celtic uh, versus Rangers game today. I was totally over with the crowd, and they're like, what? Yeah, actually, <laughs> if, me and uh, me and my bassist in the band, we're uh, we're big wrestling fans. And uh, obviously we, we do the whole course pain stuff and that. And he's like, uh, oh man, we need to keep the gimmick up, you know, totally being kayfabe the whole time. And the two lads who aren't wrestling fans are like, what are you talking about? It's like, oh yeah. Oh, you guys get it eventually. <laughs> we had a Thanksgiving a couple of years ago and, and somebody made an off color comment and it was supposed to be funny. I pulled my wife in the kitchen. I'm like, oh my God, she's got white heat right now. I mean... <laughs> I'm supposed to come out with the pie, and I can't go out there right now. You get eggs. So. You got eggs. Yes. <laughs> but let me ask you this question: How bad would it be? How bad would it be if Vince brought out the Godfather and the Ho Train? 
No, <laughs> bring that to Saudi Arabia. Fuck yes. I was about to say, <laughs> yeah. what would that be like? Would, would, would they stop the show? See, I was so tempted to say during our Evolution review that if, if Joey Ryan wanted to become the biggest star in the business, he should have tried to invade Evolution somehow. <laughs> <laughs> if they were going to bring out the whole, like if they were going to bring out the whole chain, I think like I don't know, they they could really kind of do a lot. But the thing about it is, they'd have to like get out of the country. That's the problem. You know, you can't just be yeah. like, you know, because it, it they've already killed one media personality. You know, they have Kevin Dunn in the background. You know, it's like that's right. <laughs> if I have to sacrifice Byron Saxon to appease them, I'm I'm good with that. <laughs> oh Jesus! But um. You know, overall, guys, like I think this show, it's it's gonna happen. N- nothing sure is gonna happen on this. You know, it's they had their opportunity to leave, and now they're just they're just not. So this Friday, we're gonna we're obviously gonna watch it, and we're probably talking about it. But like, wh- my question to you guys is, like the greatest Royal Rumble, will you be able to place? the political feelings away from this or oh, will this be oh, hold over? on sorry sorry hold on a second breaking fucking news i've got ron in the background here and right. they've just announced for survivor series becky lynch versus ronda rousey oh wow we were on the ball wow we were on the ball oh, this is smackdown match fuck me <laughs> jesus and also apparently they're going to have a deadly games tournament for the universe, oh yes, you know. So they're talking about that as well. For the incidentally, incidentally, the joke I was going to do when you were asking me to, to rate the the the, the uh, Bella versus Rousey match, uh, uh, Nikki Bella on a scale of one to ten, I'd give her one. <laughs> oh my <God>. wow! <laughs> and so would everyone else on planet Earth. <laughs> you think you'd have to, you know? It's just it, it's all part and parcel of it, really. Well, here's the thing: was it uh, Zena did, and that's why she has a job. So, yeah. oh, that's true. So here's here's the thing, and he also gave her the five knuckle shuffle, but I'll leave that alone. But, <laughs> but that's if so, you, that's if you could see her, Mike. What's that? That's if she could see that's him. Just crude. <laughs> <laughs> I should clean this up. This is terrible. <laughs> it's okay. That's it's dark. It's fine. I'll put the explicit I just, thing I just made a mess. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> I, oh, it's I all good to this, I want to read this. Uh, I want to read the statement here. All right. So evidently WWE made, uh, well, not evidently, they made an announcement about why exactly they've decided to stay with doing Crown Jewel in Saudi Arabia. So they went ahead and they said, WWE's operated in the Middle East for nearly 20 years and developed a sizable and dedicated fan base. Considering the heinous crime committed at the Saudi consulate in Istanbul, the company faced a very difficult decision as it relates to its events scheduled on November 2nd. As the controversy mounted, word came out that John Cena was refusing to take part in the event, and obviously so has Daniel Bryan. But Stephanie McMahon came out and said that just because – and I'm, I'm going to paraphrase because it's long – just because of the political events that have happened does not change the fact that we still do business and many other companies do business with things even though you don't morally agree with them. So, so you do business with somebody you don't morally agree with. You do business with somebody who allegedly – and I use that word lightly because it's – yeah – killed someone. 
you are okay with that. So what is it going to take before you you don't morally agree with someone? Well, see, like, that, that, wh- what's that line? You, see, Mike, you know I, what I mean? I there's I, that line. I don't think they have a line. Like, I think the only way this show could be could be called off is if Trump or if the Secretary of State, the Secretary of State was like, no, you're not fucking doing the show. And I don't think and that's Trump's gonna not going to do that because no. he has a direct line to Vince with Sue Lenders. Exactly, and exactly. also, exactly. and also, Trump did business with Saudi Arabia like last year, so the show is happening now. His champion at WrestleMania has been replaced, uh, John Cena, in the World Cup. So yeah, you know, well, here's the thing. I wonder. That's probably how he got him to do it. You know, there's really good golf courses in Dublin. He's probably like, you know, if you fight me, if you fight for me, I can, I can give you a, an all expenses paid trip to my golf course. Wow, you you know who's supposed to be making an appearance now? It was it was okay. announced, uh, I guess, through social media a few days ago. But um, not that this really has any bearing. But Hulk Hogan is supposed to be making yeah. an appearance. Oh, yeah. that, so I don't know what that's gonna. Not notable racist and wrestling enthusiast Hulk Hogan. <laughs> the only the only way this show gets called off is if Prince Mohammed bin Salman suddenly gets a Twitter and his first tweet is a still from one night in China. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! But uh, my question is, guys, if we weren't doing a wrestling podcast, would you be watching this? Fuck no! No, hell no! No, I'd, I'd no, don't even know I if I'll watch it. I'll, 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 I'll check the result. I certainly won't be watching it live. I'll check the results, and if there's anything worth watching, I'll maybe catch that. But it's like the Australian show. I went out my way to watch because I. I I'd like to look at that. This one, it's not something I'm going to be queuing up to see. Mm, particularly with, particularly if they remove Daniel Bryan and you know anyone else who doesn't want to go, they've kind of if Daniel Bryan's gone, they've lost their the only match that I'd really be interested to see. Well, let's think about from this perspective. Daniel Bryan was supposed to be facing uh, AJ Styles for the WWE Championship. Your championship match is gone now. Yeah. So a, a big match on your card is now null and void. So I, I don't understand what you're going to do here to go ahead and try to keep that momentum going because, I mean, that's kind of a big deal. I'd maybe that's still, just me. Maybe the, 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 they've still got SmackDown tomorrow night to address that, so maybe a one-night four-man tournament that they're so keen on doing. That This seems to be SmackDown booking recently is, oh, uh, let's have a tournament and the winner gets a title shot. But they already have their World Cup tournament, that's the thing. Oh, yeah, but that's think, totally different. Yeah, but do I mean, you guys? Like, sorry, go on. Do you guys think that the, the John Cena and Daniel Bryan are getting a lot of grief for saying no? Do you think they're getting a lot of like pushback? And and I guess the other question I have to kind of piggyback that is: Are talent allowed to basically say no? Like, is there something in their contract that says well, they're, they're, they have an out if they don't con- feel comfortable? Well, they're independent contractors, Mike. So technically, they don't actually have to do any of this. But there is a clause the other way around. WWE have a clause in the contract that if something comes up of morally dubious nature, which basically translates to have any of the women done porn, they could cut the contract. So for them not to have that contract, you know, the other way around for the talent with the WWE would be hypocritical. But this is wrestling, so they, you know, uh, as as Mike's for the saying, we're applying logic to an illogical situation. Yes, 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 yes. You couldn't book this though, you know. If if if, 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 if you couldn't make this up, it's it's just so so. It's perfect. sad. But here's the thing: like a lot of people were saying that 
you know, oh, WWE shouldn't be engaging in blatant pro Saudi propaganda. I think that was the the entire like the entire thesis of John Oliver's gimmick. You know, his whole storyline was, you know, oh, that's what I'm upset about. But the pro- the problem that seems to be you know overriding this is not only the controversy or the, the propaganda, but a lot of, when this was announced, people were saying. 10 years is a long time and it is it's a very long time and also the real world but also in wrestling like it's a lifetime in wrestling my question to both of you guys is do we think that this will survive the 10 years considering the fact that it's been less than a year and the lads have allegedly killed someone hacked them to bits and <laughs> called this international con- international controversy like what what do you think there Tony do you think this is going to stay out the 10 years uh, if it does last the 10 years, then I, th- I think I said this to Mike when we, we did the, the cover on this, that the one thing they possibly do have the chance to affect changes would be bringing the women over. Because there was the the match somewhere in one of the, the Middle Eastern countries where I think it was Alexa Bliss and Sasha Banks had the first ever women's sporting match. Uh, granted, they had to change their tyre and be totally covered, but it was progress. That's where they can make progress. Um, whether they're going to be around long enough for that, as long as the money keeps flowing, I'm sure Vince isn't going to say no. Where, where you might have that issue is if the rumours of Vince wanting to sell up to someone like Disney or Fox comes true. Will they be willing to stand up to... Saudi Arabia because 45 million is a drop in the ocean to someone like Disney or to Fox. Yeah, that's true. That's true. What do you think, Mike? Uh, knowing Vince McMahon, I mean, and, and just knowing the way that that company tends to work and how they are so money driven, I think that they will try to keep it going as long as they can. I mean, think about it. They are keeping it going amid a lot of media backlash right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of issues that people are having and they are still not seeming to back down from it. So I guess my thought process is this is the kind of the litmus test right here. You know, if, if you're not going to back down from the first one, what makes anyone else think that they're going to back down from anything after this? I mean, think about it. A guy is dead. A guy is dead allegedly by the regime that you're in business with. I don't think you could find a worse situation that somebody could say, wow, I'm going to back myself away from this. Mm -hmm. And they have gone forward with it. So unfortunately, because I don't think it's a pay-per-view thing, it's going to be on the network. I don't think they're going to be able to tell that they're financially being hit because it's a paid show. So it's like, uh, what do they care? Yeah. So I don't know if there's any way that that the fans can actually express their grievances outside of no showing a Raw or no mm. showing a, an event and literally just not going in the arena. Yeah. And, and, and this, this is where the stupidity of some of the fans in the past comes to the forefront because you had there was a guy on Twitter that was trying to organize a campaign to walk out on Raw when Roman was in the ring to register the... Uh, protests against him being pushed as much you know if you're going to go to that effort to try and raise uh, support for a cause why something as petty as that this is the kind of cause that needs that kind of effort and that kind of ground movement yeah and the thing about it is it's like the show already it gets like 3k it gets 3k before it even starts you know (laughs) just purely by how ridiculous the whole thing is and I, I don't know I I think it would have been a better move to, you know, have this show somewhere else. Like they're they're getting ready to come over to the UK because that time of year now we have the UK um, tapings. Mm-hmm. They could have done it here. I'd I heard rumours it was going to Manchester. I heard it was um, Manchester as well. Yeah. 
Yeah, on the the third or the fourth of November. But the closer it gets to Friday, I think the less and less that's that's happening. Yeah, I think this. I I think it's safe to say, and we're recording this on Monday night. So look, Tony, I think you're right. Um, we'll find out more tomorrow on SmackDown. But right now, I'm just going to run through the card just for completion. Brock Lesnar versus Braun Strowman for the vacant WWE Universal Championship. AJ Styles versus Daniel Bryan for the WWE Championship. DX versus the Brother of Destruction. WWE uh, World Cup, an eight-man tag team tournament. And The Bar versus The New Day for the WWE SmackDown Tag Team Championships. That's the card as of 5-1 um, to one on uh, Monday night. So look, if there's anything else, obviously go over to rescue.com and find out what's happening there. Um, guys, we are going to wrap it up. We've gone nearly an hour over t- in overtime. So I want to thank you both very, very much for coming on the show. I had a great time. I really did. Hey, that's one thing Tony and I can do really well. We can go over. I mean, don't <laughs> give us don't give us microphones and just free time because we we, we could we could fill a library. But uh, Dara, I noted, thank you. Yeah, it should also be noted there if you were watching the video version of this, uh, me and Mike almost saluted simultaneously there as well. Absolutely. <laughs> I have to say though, uh, Mike, one of my favorite uh, recent memories is when we did a four-hour show for for the other podcast. I remember that vividly, and I remember getting a uh, a message from the uh, the person in charge of the publication saying, "What exactly are you doing, trying to do a?" F-? And I remember sending it to my producer, uh, Matt McGrath, who is amazing, and he said, "What the hell is this shit? Are you trying to go long form?" I was like, "No." He said, "All right, Mr. Thompson." So, but uh, yeah. Well, look, guys, we'll have to do this more often because this this was a lot of fun. Totally, this was a lot of fun. But, uh, but we we should one night try and uh, sync this up with either a raw or a pay per view and do a live commentary. That's a good idea, and we can stream on Twitch. Yeah, that that would be pretty cool. Yeah, actually, yeah, we'll we'll we'll, uh, we'll mark that in the in the calendar. I think that's that would actually be super fun. We need to do that. Um, but before we we get out of here, you know, I mentioned on the live show that um. Well, we did our plugs there already, but you know now we have a bit more time. Uh, Tony, talk about the shows that you're you're, you're involved with because there's quite a few. Yeah, um, the, there's Mike's uh, feeling dressed on rewind, which is obviously the, the the priority for the two of us at the moment. Uh, it seems to be gaining great momentum. Uh, thanks uh, again to a, a friend of yours as well, Dara, Mr. Troopany, uh, for for putting Mike on the the, the Troopany network and for him to invite us. Um, and there's also my little pet project with some of my friends. It, it basically started out as we'd gather together in Glasgow once a year. Uh, one of one of us lives in London, one lives in Inverness, one lives in Glasgow, and I live in the middle of nowhere and turn left. That's basically where I live. Um, so what, once a year, we'd all get together and we'd go and see the ICW show in Glasgow and we'd sit around and, uh, after the show and dissect it and talk wrestling. And someone would always say, oh, this would make a great podcast. This would make a great podcast. And eventually we were drunk enough that someone signed us up to do it. So we thought, well, we've got the space now. We'd better do it. So that that show has become um, We Are Smashcast, as you can see there. Oh, if you're the video. That's cool. look at uh, that. Yeah, nice. exactly. I, I believe you have one of those, Mr. Feeland. <laughs> gorgeous. Um, so, yeah, we, we we set it up, and it's basically we, we talk nonsense. Um, it's usually about an hour long. We talk wrestling news, wrestling history, what happened this week in history in wrestling and football or soccer for our friends across the pond. 
Um, this week, we're really proud of this week's show uh, because we actually went to a live show that one of our guys was promoting in the Balanok Community Centre. Um, we spoke to Kid Fight, who's a ICW original stalwart. He's been at every Fear and Northern show that's like coming up in 11 now, 11 years going. Runs his own promotion. Really interesting guy to listen to. And we spoke to Craig Anthony, who's a guy that's been wrestling two or three years, starting to make a name for himself. Really good talent. The first time I saw him on, on that last Thursday night. And he's a really talented kid. He's, he's, he's going to go somewhere, I think. Uh, so yeah, uh, have a listen to that. The yeah, Smashcast, and and we we do go rather fruity on the language, and if you can put up with uh, three Scotsmen and one Cockney, then it's it's the show for you. Okay, and it, it is it is funny. It is really funny. I was I listened to. Oh, okay, this is going to sound weird, but I'm amongst friends, so I'll say it. I listen to the Smashcast when I'm laying in bed at night, and it's funny, <laughs> and it's a good good show. And I second Tony with what he said before. This current episode, I mean, they're all great, but this one's really, really good. I feel like they did two amazing interviews, and you're just going to have to check it out. But definitely go to wherever you can find podcasts available and make sure you get this episode. For sure. Like, I'm looking forward to it. It's definitely a podcast that I check out every week or whenever it pops up. Because my podcast um, my podcast li- like list is quite large. But I'm oh, like, man. Yeah, just, <laughs> man, it's great to have when you're just like, cool, I have like six, seven hours to, to either, you know, go to the gym or in work or whatever. I'm like bang through. So, Tony, I, I love it. I'm a big fan of it, man. I think it's I think it's something people need to listen to a lot more. Um, Thank you. But actually, I currently have 22 episodes of podcasts to listen to. <laughs> Jesus. I will have to say, though, <laughs> wow. actually, while, while we're, we're wrapping up here, it's been announced officially that John Cena isn't going to Crown Jewel. He is not going. You, apparently you can't see him no, in Saudi Arabia. You cannot see him. Yeah. No, he has been no. he has been removed. Uh, you can't see decades of civil rights infractions. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you what, for everybody who might not be a John Cena fan, I think you have to look at him in a different light right now because as far as he the human being, I think you're definitely looking at him now as saying, Wow, he he stood up to Vince McMahon, he stood up to a huge payday, and he basically said, I don't agree with that. That's not who I believe in. And um I respect that. I respect him and Daniel Bryan for doing that because that takes a lot of guts because that could be considered career suicide in a lot of ways. Not that either one of them is, is, you know, begging for a paycheck at this point in time, but the fact that they are the ones that stood up when everyone else could have had a chance to back them up and say, you know what, I'm not doing it. They did it. And I, I give them credit for it. Yeah, I, I would second that, Mike. I think it's, uh, you know, I, I'm on record as being very anti John Cena as far as when it comes to in the ring, but. You know, fair play. You know, that's something that a lot of guys wouldn't do. And a lot of guys haven't done. You know, even guys like Taker and Shawn Michaels and Triple H and stuff like that as well. So, fair play to them. But, um, while wrapping up here, Mike, um, Tony mentioned, uh, kind of touched on the podcast that you're involved with, but you're doing two at the moment. So, kind of talk about those. Yeah, so I was I was lucky. I was really lucky. After things ended with the magazine, um, Mr. True Penny came up to me and he said, "Hey, you know, would you be interested in continuing what you've been doing?" And I said, "I would love to." And he said, "Well, I love the crew that you got with you. Would you like to bring that over to our network?" And I said, "Great." And so it was funny because they were asking me what what would you like the show to be called what are your thoughts and I thought you can call it whatever you want I mean I'm just glad to have a home you Mm. know and I said well what about the rewind you know because basically we're rewinding the tape back and we're kind of going over some things that were hotbed topics or some news over the last seven days 
And he said, all right, well, let me take this to the powers that be, which he still hasn't told me exactly who it is, but I guess they put it to a vote and they wanted to throw my name on it. And I am so humbled and thankful that they thought highly enough of me to go ahead and, and do that. So I'm, I'm, I'm beyond words already at this point. And the show has done extremely well. That first episode has just killed it. I mean, James actually hit me up. I'm going to show you the stats, uh, Tony, but it just, wow, did amazing. And then the other one is really interesting. I did an interview with Jerry Lynn for the magazine as well. And Jerry and I just kind of clicked. And I said, hey, Jerry, you got a lot of really good stories. I said, you ever think about doing a, a podcast? He said, no. I said, well, I said, if you were to do one, what would be the circumstances? And uh, he goes, well, he goes, me and Mikey Whipwreck are just like Beavis and Butthead. He goes, we are just like we, – we're goofs when we get together. I said, well, can I set up a time when I talk to both of you? And we did, and now we have front row material, which is everything that has happened in the world of ECW from the time it launched, which you know Mikey was there from from really almost the beginning, and then Jerry was there, and everything that happened, the politics, Paul Heyman, the partying afterwards, the the crazy riots that happened uh, within the fans as well, you know, the, the Dudleys instigating things, New Jack, all that kind of stuff. So. I really feel like it is the preeminent ECW podcast, and I'm really, really happy about that. And we are debuting on Halloween, which I think is uh, is apropos for ECW uh, being kind of a crazy night. And it can be found wherever fine podcasts are made available as well. You could follow us at – let me make sure I get all this right – F-R-M-Pod. Uh, so you can find us on Twitter on there. So awesome! I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Um, Likewise, because that's going to be pretty cool. I'm a pretty big ECW fan myself, as you guys know. So, uh, you know, I, a lot of people listen to this podcast are the same. So I there's nothing out there like that. So I'm like, that's going to be that's going to be one to check out. And obviously, we'll be plugging that um, on our Twitter as well. And uh, through the through the desk's Twitter as well. So guys, again, want to thank you so much for joining us. And um, we'll have to obviously set that up, set set this up more often uh i really like the idea tony of maybe during a live show or live uh pay-per-view or something like that and kind of sync it all up but uh we'll get the wheels motion on that but guys thank you so much and for everyone else go over to nerd to know uh media on soundcloud check us out on itunes wvidesk.com is our website as well so until next week for my two calls for brenner work who's in the u.s i've been Connor. this rescue international desk talk to you then